Welcome to the April 12th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31, and the sermon is entitled, Two Letters That Change Eternity, delivered today by Pastor Michael Fitzgerald. Good morning, Clifford Baptist Church, the members here, our friends of the church. We are thankful and grateful on this Easter morning that we worship together. And I want to say a welcome to everyone who is joining us today. We have so many listeners, and uh, we have those who are joining us in Roanoke and Chesapeake. We have folks who are joining us all over the United States. I got a message from a friend of the church in Oregon this morning who said she would be joining us for worship today. We have those who are joining us from other nations and other countries. So as we gather here today, although this sanctuary has 10 people in it today, we know that it is full. Our prayer today is that it's going to be filled four or five times past our 1,000-seat capacity today on Easter Sunday. Uh, Before I begin a sermon, I do want to tell you a little bit about the health of the church. So many folks are concerned about how the church in general is doing in these days of a pandemic when churches are not able to meet, when our doors are locked, our sanctuaries are empty. How healthy is the church in these days? I want to tell you that, that Clifford Baptist Church is an absolutely healthy church in this day and in this age. This is the fourth Sunday that we're meeting together that we've not been able to join in a sanctuary. But I am thankful that we join together and we have this media connection that we can reach out to the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. And I believe in this day that not only for this church, but the church in general, that the Lord Jesus is increasing our borders of outreach to a world that desperately needs him. And so in these days, he's growing us, he's using us, he's ministering through us, and we continue to serve him. Praise God that we join together on this Easter Sunday morning. The church is no less the church today than it is on any other Easter Sunday morning. Our sanctuary is not empty. I believe that our sanctuary is overflowing as we worship together today. I am grateful to say today that a virus cannot stop Easter morning. Now, I will say this, uh, giving prayer and consideration to so many families who have been affected by this virus in our nation and in our world and lives lost. Today, we realize that there are many who are hurting on this Easter Sunday morning, but we're grateful because of Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave that he is the Lord and the God of hope and help and healing. If your family has been affected by this virus or death has visited your home in recent days or you're in a tragic situation or you're, you're being challenged in some way, because of Easter, we know that the Lord is reaching out to, the, to you and the Lord is bringing healing and blessing to you and to your family on this Easter morning. And so today is still the day of Jesus' victory over the grave And he promises every believer life and a future in heaven. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And we say that together in unison as we know that he is risen. He is risen indeed. And because of his resurrection, there is life, there is hope, there is help, there is healing for every soul in this world. You know, the the opportunity and the open gateway 
to forgiveness and to purpose and to hope and to joy and to a home in heaven comes because of Christ's death on the cross, taking our sin there, dying for us, shedding his blood that we might be forgiven, his resurrection from the grave that we might be promised hope everlasting and a home in heaven. He alone is the way and the truth and the life, as he tells us in John 14, 6. And whosoever will come to him we know that that person will be saved, that person will be adopted into the family of God through Jesus as Lord and Savior. You know, the Bible says in at least eight places in both the Old Testament and the New Testament that there is no respect of persons with God. What does that mean? Well, it means simply this, that the Lord God does not give preference to gender or to popularity or to our color, or to our nationality, or to our possessions. Whoever we are, wherever we come from, we know that his love expressed to us through the cross and the resurrection is reaching to every single soul on earth. If today you do not know him, in this service he's reaching to you. He's inviting you to come to know him as Lord and Savior. He came to save us all as we worship on this Easter Sunday morning. He proved his power to save us by the empty tomb. So today, as I lead in this service on Easter morning, the highest of our holy days, I want to base my sermon on two simple letters of the alphabet, two letters that make all of the difference for all of eternity. You know, there are two days that are etched into my memory forever. And I'm sure they're etched in my wife Gwen's memory as well. November 26th, 1988, and August 15th, 1991. Those are the days that our daughter, Carrie, was born and the day that our son, Gabriel, was born. You know, I think when your first child is born, you fully realize that life will never be the same again that there will be individuals in your life through your children that kind of have you wrapped around their little finger and you will respond to them no matter what. You know, for me, in coming to Clifford Baptist Church as pastor in 1982, there were six years that I went to the hospitals and visited with families that had a new baby come into the family. And I experienced their joy uh, and their elation that a new life had been added to their family and to our church family. It's still true today. I love to visit those families in the hospital where a new baby has just been born. But on November 26, 1988, when another baby was born into a family, when another baby was added to the church family, that day was extra special to me as pastor. For six years, I'd seen babies come into the church, but this time, it was my baby. This time, it was my child, my daughter. It was a wonderful feeling to behold that new life coming into the world. Now, for nine months, I knew I was going to be a father. But when that little one was laid in my arms for the first time, I realized that I was not just going to be a father, but I was going to be a daddy. That I was going to respond to every need of this little one that I was going to give her all the help and the hope that I could give her and all the provision that I could give her in life to come. And just a few short years later, that little one would grow up and would verbally call me daddy. Three years later, a little boy came into the world, and he too grew up to call me daddy. You know, there are billions of people on the face of this earth today, but only two people in the world today can stand up and point to me and say, that's my dad. 
They're a gift of God to me and to Gwen. But I think about the fact that only two people out of billions can stand today and say, that's my dad. Today on Easter Sunday, the key word that I want us to center on is the word my. M-Y. That's my dad. On Easter Sunday, most people around the world, most people in our communities know that this is Easter. And most people celebrate Easter in some way. I feel sad for those who are believers, and yet Easter and Christmas are the two principal times they come to church. I'm sorry for that. They need to come every single Sunday because every Sunday is connected with Easter. But then there are others who celebrate with family gatherings, with big meals, with new clothes, with colored Easter eggs, with chocolate bunnies. There are so many ways that people say that they celebrate Easter. But listen, it is only truly Easter for those who understand and accept the truth that Jesus Christ went to the cross and he died there with our sins on his shoulders. He poured out his blood. He laid down his life that we might be forgiven, that he took sinners, and as the perfect Lamb of God, he died in our place on the old rugged cross. But three days later, he overcame the death of the cross by overcoming the grave. He is resurrected. He walked away from the grave in life, and he is the living Savior today. For the world in general, many may say Jesus is the Lord. But what Jesus came to do is to transform that statement for every life to say Jesus is my Lord. There is a world of difference in saying Jesus is the Lord and saying Jesus is my Lord. I want you to write this scripture reference down. Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Listen to these words that Paul writes to the church at Philippi. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What Paul is writing to the church is to say this, the day is ahead of us, but the day is absolutely on God's calendar and God's timing that all of the universe is going to bow to Jesus the Christ. That all of the universe is going to say, Jesus is the Lord. And that includes everyone who mocked his name and every atheist who ever lived and everyone who would never believe. Everyone is going to bow their knee and with their tongue say, Jesus is the Lord. In fact, Satan himself will bow to Jesus as the Lord. But there will be a select few, those who bowed at the foot of the cross and said, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. And I believe that you gave your life on the old rugged cross that I might be forgiven of my sin, that my rebellion against you would be taken away as far as the east is from the west. And Lord Jesus, I believe that not only did you die on the cross, the cross is empty now, and so is the tomb because you are resurrected. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are my King. All of the universe is going to say Jesus is the Lord, but those who surrendered our lives to him will say Jesus is my Lord. Those two letters, M-Y, changes eternity for every single life. Let's read a key passage in the Easter story. The scene from the Gospel of John is later in the day on Resurrection Sunday. I will get there in just a moment. 
But it had been a, a very eventful day, according to John's gospel. Early that morning, before daybreak, Mary Magdalene had come to the tomb. She had seen the stone rolled away from the door. And she ran to get Peter and John so that they could come to see this scene as well. And I love the way John recounts them coming. He says, we both sprinted to the empty tomb. We, we came to where Jesus was buried, and I outran Peter. I like that little macho statement that John says, I, I beat him. I got there first. But Peter comes as well just a few seconds later out of breath, and both of those men go into the tomb, and they witness the truth that Jesus is not there. His burial clothes were laid to the side. The napkin that was traditionally laid over the face of the deceased was there. But it began to dawn on their mind and in their heart that Jesus had ceased being deceased. I like that statement. God gave me that this week. Jesus had ceased being deceased. He was a risen Savior that confirmed that as they went into the tomb. But Peter and John then made their way home, and Mary stayed behind as dawn was just beginning to break forth. And in that morning dawn, she met Jesus alive outside of the tomb, but she did not recognize him in that particular moment. She did not know who it was who approached her. And yet when Jesus said one word, she knew exactly who he was. He said, Mary. And all of those years that she had followed him and ministered to him and loved him and heard him and she had heard her name spoken by Jesus probably hundreds of times over the three years of his ministry after he had delivered her and saved her and she followed him and she loved him he had called her Mary by name so many times and that resurrection morning when he said Mary all of her memory flooded in and she knew exactly who it was it was Jesus risen from the dead, dying on the cross, lying in the tomb, but risen from the dead. Mary knew exactly who it was. Later that same Sunday, the disciples had gathered in a room together. All of them were there except Thomas. And they were there in fear. They were there scared for their lives. They were still huddled together believing that at any moment the door might be broken down and they may meet the same fate of their master who had died on the cross. Perhaps in any moment because they were his followers, they too would meet death because they had walked in the footsteps of Jesus. So the door was bolted shut, locked as tightly as they could get it, closed away from the world, closed away from the enemy so that they couldn't be taken out and killed. But as the door was bolted shut from the enemy, the master, their friend, came in. Jesus appears to them, and he shows them his hands and his side. And Scripture says that they were glad when they saw the Lord. Thomas had not been there. He was also called Didymus, which implies that perhaps Thomas had a twin. Didymus means two. But Thomas was not there in that initial gathering. When he came to join the group, the disciples tell him what had happened, that Jesus had come to be there, that Jesus was here. Do you remember what Thomas said? Turn with me in your Bible to the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 24 and 25. John chapter 20, verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, 
except I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Quite a statement from one of the disciples. But you know, that's the reply of many people in the world this day. Many people recognize the holiday of Easter and they celebrate it in some way. But so many people today in this world are saying, I'm too involved with life. I'm too busy with the things of life, and I'm too sidetracked to really think about what Easter truly means. There are some in the world who say, I just cannot believe that God created the entire universe in six literal days. I cannot truly believe that a man and his family took pairs of animals from all over the world and they sailed through a flood and reestablished the human race. I can't believe those words of the Bible. So because I can't believe that, I certainly can't believe that Jesus would be resurrected from the dead, risen from the dead. Sadly, there are too many people in the world like that. And Easter is nothing more than a holiday. But for them, it has never become a holy day, the day Jesus rose in victory from the grave. Well, what happens to Thomas? Continue reading with me in John chapter 20. Go to verse 26. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, Thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. What a beautiful passage of God's word as John recounts what happens with Thomas so as old, unbelieving, skeptical Thomas is approached by Jesus, when he had said, unless I touch the scars, unless I thrust in my hand to his side, I will not believe. Jesus meets him eight days later and he, later, and he holds out his hands and he says, Thomas, touch the wounds. Perhaps he pulls his robe aside and shows him the gash in his side and said, Thomas, Put your hand here and feel what happened to me with the lance of a Roman soldier. He had been mounted to the cross with those spikes through his hands and through his feet. And on the cross, toward the end of his life, in fact, after he had died, a Roman soldier had thrust the lance into his side, literally piercing his heart for one of two reasons, either to hasten his death because Passover was coming quickly or to prove that he was already dead. Scripture teaches us that he had already died at the time the lance was thrust into him. But he invites Thomas to touch him fully, completely, so that he would have the proof that Jesus indeed had died on the cross and was resurrected from the grave. But Scripture never teaches us that Thomas ever touches him. 
But rather, at that invitation, Thomas surrenders his doubt and his skepticism, and he bows to say, my Lord and my God. That moment changed his eternity. That moment changed his life. But I want you to see the reason it changed his life is because he used the word my, my Lord, my personal Lord, having a relationship with you. Two letters changed his life. You know, some of the greatest verses of the Bible have that little word in them. And I've read these verses over and over again, but God opened a window of understanding for me as I prayed about this Easter sermon and how I was to approach the people of God with the Word of God. And he lit up that little word, my, to me, in Scripture after Scripture. Let me give you just a few examples outside of the Gospel of John. Write these references down. Go back to them sometime, perhaps in your devotions today or this week. Job 19, verse 25 from the Old Testament. Job, one of the first Bible books ever written, one of the earliest books in your Old Testament. Job says this, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. Oh, the writer of Psalms knew exactly that the Lord belonged to him. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. Daniel chapter 6, verse 22. In the middle of the lion's den, with his life literally at stake before hungry lions, Daniel says this, My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouth. In the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. And then, of course, some of the most familiar words within God's word, the beginning of Psalm 23, written by King David. The Lord is my shepherd. My Lord, my God, my shepherd. This morning, I am moved, and I am blessed, and I am directed by God to tell you that Easter in its highest celebration and Easter in its deepest meaning and, deep, and, and Easter in its most heart-stirring moment assures us that it's based on one simple word, that Jesus can be my risen Savior and Lord and God Easter is my personal story. Easter is my personal relationship with that risen Jesus who walks with me and talks with me and tells me that I am his own. Easter is my salvation. Easter is my Savior. Easter is my Lord, my God, my friend. Easter is based on two letters, M-Y, a personal 
loving relationship with the Savior. As Pastor Clyde said today, it's nothing to do with religion. It's about relationship. Knowing Jesus in a personal relationship. For believers joining us today, praise God that we celebrate the resurrection of our Savior and our Lord. You know, for old Thomas, it was a moment of sheer faith, sheer amazement, and sheer love when he laid down his skepticism and he laid down his doubt and he laid down his unbelief and he simply said, my Lord and my God. Believer, Christian, never lose the amazement that Jesus saved you and me. Never lose the wonder that he came to us. He went to a cross for us. He rose from the grave for us that we might have a personal relationship with him, that we might say, Lord, you are my friend, and you walk with me because you love me every single day. It was a gift that we did not earn. It was a gift that we could never pay for. It's a gift that we didn't merit. There's nothing we could do that is so good that we would earn salvation. It is a gift that came by way of the cross and the empty tomb. It's amazing today as I think about that empty tomb. It is so true. Jesus is our victorious, risen Lord. But before there could ever be an empty tomb, there had to be an old rugged cross. He died for us. He has risen for us. And today we say hallelujah and praise you, Lord, that you love us that much. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner, condemned, unclean. That's the story for every one of us. All of us need him. All of us are sinners. There are none righteous, no, not one. All of us sin and fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus came, Jesus died, and he rose again that sinners could be saved. All of us, every single one. Today, believers, Easter Sunday, will we, in this moment of praise and blessing and adoration and thanksgiving, that we simply say, thank you, Lord, thank you. Once again, I renew my life in you, that you are my Savior. You're my Lord. You're my friend. You're my God. Help me daily to walk with you. Help me daily to surrender my will to be your will. Help me be your witness. Help me raise my children in the love of Jesus Christ. Help me bring them to you, Lord. Help me walk in a way in, in the world that others will see Jesus in me simply because you're living so deeply in my heart. Lord, thank you that you're my Savior. I recommit, I rededicate my life to live for you every day in thanksgiving that you're mine and that I love you and that you loved me so much that you came to a cross and walked from the tomb that I might have life everlasting. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That word, M-Y, my, changes eternity for every single one of us. And today I pray that we come before him in humble thanksgiving. But today, if you're watching, if you're joining us in worship, you're part of Clifford Baptist Church today. No matter where you are in the world, you're part of Clifford Baptist Church today. And I am so grateful that I can offer an invitation to you. This is not my invitation. This is Jesus' invitation. He simply gives me the privilege to speak his invitation to you. He loves you so much. 
today he stands beside you wherever you are, whatever state you're in, whatever county you're in, whatever country you're in, he's standing right beside you right now with open arms saying, will you come to me? Will you take me as your own? Will today you say, I want you as my Savior. I want you, Lord, as my friend, as my God. I want to walk with you every single day. He is with you right now. Listen, friends, he's not a dead prophet on a cross. He's not a dead Savior in a tomb. He is a risen Savior of power and victory and might and glory and blessing, and he wants you and me for his very own. He wants us to say, that's my Savior. Today, if you've never said that, this is your moment. And I humbly tell you that as a sinner, I came to Jesus And I'm still a sinner. He's still continuing to forgive me. I wish I could tell you I stand in this pulpit as perfect, and I am certainly not. But my Savior continues to love me, forgive me, heal me, and carry me forth. And he wants to do the same for you. Too many people in the world say, you know, I can't come to Jesus because I'm not good enough. I'm not perfect enough. I don't know the Bible well enough. Jesus wants you right now. He'll begin walking with you. He'll begin teaching you his word. He'll be growing you in what it means to serve him and witness for him. But he wants you right now, this very moment. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Don't make an excuse. Today is the day. This is the moment. Easter Sunday morning, you can give your heart to him. And for the first time in your life, you can say, Jesus is my Lord and my God. He's waiting for you to make that decision for him. So today, as I end this Easter sermon... I'm grateful, believers, that I call us together in thanksgiving to say, thank you, Lord, for being my Savior. But I cannot end without asking you, if you've never come to him, to make that statement today. And we're going to go to him in prayer in this moment. Let's pray together. Our Father, our Lord, our God, as we gather here today, Father, on Easter Sunday morning, there are so many in the world who are not celebrating Easter for the right reason. I thank you, Father, that I can call together God's people. And first of all, we say, Lord, thank you. We rededicate our lives to the Savior who came to a cross and walked from a grave that we might have life everlasting. Increase our witness. Increase our borders. Increase our love. Open our eyes to see the people who need you the most. Open our eyes to needs around us. Help us, Lord, to continue to grow in being your church and being your people. And that begins with me individually. Thank you that you're my Savior. Help me to be your witness in a growing way every day. But maybe, Lord, today there's someone on this Easter morning who has never said, Jesus, I want you as my Lord. Father, I pray that that one will hear and accept this invitation and simply say this, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for me personally. I believe that you took my sin to the old rugged cross and you took my place and died in my punishment on the cross. You gave your life, you shed your blood that I might be forgiven, me personally. I also, Lord, believe that you walked away from the grave. I believe that you're resurrected on this Easter morning. And so today, 
perhaps for many years I've said, Jesus is the Lord. But for the first time this morning, I'm asking you to be my Lord. I'm asking you for a personal relationship. I'm asking you, Lord, to walk with me. I'm asking you to teach me. I'm asking you to grow me. I'm asking you, Lord, day by day as I grow in being yours, that you will help me keep my eyes on you and walk like you and be like you and witness for you. But it begins with one statement. All of eternity rests on one statement. My Lord and my God. I pray today, Lord, that hundreds are saved, that many are bowing their heads and their hearts in this moment to say, Lord Jesus, be my Savior. I open my heart to you. Bless us as believers today, Lord. We believe in the cross. We believe in the empty tomb, and we believe in the risen Savior. Our life belongs to you. You are mine. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.